Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So in this episode, I'm going to touch on training the shoulders. First of all, as I usually do, quick update on myself. So it's been a pretty good week of training since I last discussed it on the podcast. Uh, things have went quite well, but uh, it's now a rest day. I'm recording this on the first day. Legs on yesterday, as much as it was a good session, I uh, tweaked my trap a bit and also my back's quite sore today. Uh, I'm not sure what actually caused it. I think it is just a case of I need a deload. I have been going, I think, 10 weeks since the last deloaded. And just due to the nature of my split, it's quite, I've got quite a lot on in the space of a week in terms of, like, uh, from a level of strength, I could do with maybe, like, a, another rest day in between, like, pull and legs just so I can recover just due to the amount of lower back loading I've got during the week. So I think it's just got the better of me a bit. I need a bit of a deload. Uh, and what I find is when I do need a deload, I get all the signs at the same time. Like, uh, I'm doing good, everything's going well, and then all the signs just hit me in the face at once. And what I mean by this is, it's like, I'm feeling good all of a sudden, then next session, next session or day, like, I'm like, right, I need to deload now. And I get quite a few signs to pull back at the same time, which I think I've experienced. I could probably keep pushing and keep progressing uh, and keep going from, uh, like, pro- progression point of view but I think the limiting factor of the bottleneck right now is going to be just staying injury free uh, so I think a deload is necessary so I'll say to my coach on Monday or if I think I really can't get through the other sessions without worsening my back or being in a poor position or risking injury I'll just take the next two sessions as deload sessions and uh, or devolume sessions and then let my coach know I've done that on Monday I'm sure he'll be fine with it we've been working together for like a good two years so most of the time when, when I do that sort of thing, he, he's okay with it because I understand his thought process. And uh, I I like to think I know what I'm doing <laughs> anyway, which I'd hope so because I'm a coach, of course. Uh, so, yeah, jumping into the episode of training your shoulders. So, first of all, we're going to talk a bit about what your shoulders actually are and like the the nature of those muscles. So, The proper name for your shoulders are your deltoid. You've got three parts of it. Your anterior deltoid, which is the front of your shoulder, medial, which is the middle, and posterior, which is your rear delts, uh, or the rear part of your shoulder, your deltoids, whatever you want to call it. So a way I like to remember it is medial just means middle, uh, so it's easy to remember because it doesn't sound too different. And posterior, I like to think the posterior delts are the delts on the back of your body, which help pull your shoulders back, help with your posture. I'm not saying they actually do this. I'm just saying it's a way to potentially remember it. And your anterior ones are on the front as a result because there's only one left. And if you've only got three delts or three parts of your delts, then if you remember where the other two are, you're obviously going to know the third is the final one and the part you uh, haven't named yet, if that makes sense. Uh, So yeah, three parts. And the anterior delt or your front delt, like I said, is just the front of your shoulder where is on the front of your body medial delt is just the middle part of your delt which is on the side and the posterior is the back of your shoulder basically and in terms of where the muscles actually run the muscles origins and insertions or in other words which is important to know uh, which i'll explain why so basically your front delt the front of your shoulder it attaches from your collarbone to your upper arm uh, and the medial delt or the middle delt attaches from the top of your shoulder blade to your upper arm your rear delt 
also attaches from your shoulder blade to your upper arm but a different part so the reason why this is beneficial if you think about what the muscle if the muscle gets shorter or longer or if it pulls on your upper arm where it will go if that makes sense for example if your front delt attaches to the front of your body imagine you've got a elastic band or like a spring or something on or yeah elastic band let's say on the front of your body on your collarbone to your upper arm and that elastic band pulls your shoulder up or pulls your arm where's your arm going to go it's going to go up and forward if that makes sense so it kind of tells you where or what the muscle's job is as you can see where it attaches where it inserts if that makes sense uh, so in terms of the rules for each so the anterior or your front delt helps move the arm forward think a front raise this is basically what the front delt does whereas the medial delt or the side delt helps lift your arm out to the side so think a lateral raise or an upright row uh, are some examples uh, and as for your posterior delt or rear delt or your yeah so your posterior delt that basically adducts ab sorry abducts your upper arm so think of a rear delt fly or a face pull or a upper back row where your arm's going from and like if you just hold your arm straight up and then you basically do a row with your elbow nice and high and you keep your shoulder blade still that's basically what your what your rear delt does so the benefit of knowing this is that gives us an idea of what our training should look like if we know what the muscle's role is we basically make sure we're fulfilling that role we're doing that role in our training so first of all uh, when it comes to training your anterior delt or your front delt the front of your shoulder i'm gonna base i'm gonna basically break down how i like to train each part of the shoulder so you have an understanding of what to potentially do so during your press and compound movements you have a lot of front delt in them so if you think about it when you train the front delt like have you ever looked at someone and thought they they have weak front delts the front of their shoulders weak usually you don't and the reason being is like i said they get trained a lot through pressing movements typically it's opposite people have strong front delts but weak chests and the reason being is potentially poor exercise selection and poor exercise execution when it comes to targeting their chest. If they don't target their chest well, the delts will most likely do the work uh, for some individuals. So yeah, they get plenty of stimulation when you're performing pressing movements. So I don't really isolate them. And I think the time you're spending isolating your front delts could be spent better elsewhere, like doing more arm work or training your side delts or your rear delts. Uh, because like I said, you never look at someone and think, oh, their front delts are weak or underdeveloped. And you will work some during, like, from decline presses, dips, to flat presses, to incline presses, to shoulder presses. Any press variation, you will work your front delt. And, like I said, you also work some during front delt raises. Basically, a front delt raise, if you don't know, is when you're holding a dumbbell and you just drive it out in front of you. So, just driving it forward instead of the side. It's like a lateral raise, but instead of driving the dumbbell out, you drive it in front of you. And... The reason why you work them a lot during pressing movements is if you think about like a let's say a close grip bench press or a close grip smith press if you think about your upper arm your upper arm starts or at the bottom of the movement your upper arm is in line with your body or maybe even behind your body a wee bit uh, if you think about just don't think about your lower arm at all think about from your elbow to your shoulder it is in line with your body or maybe your elbow's even behind your body 
and then at the top of the movement your upper arm is basically stacked over your shoulder joint if you think about it a front delt raise is basically the same movement it's taking your shoulder through the same part of or the same range of motion the only difference is instead of standing up you're lying down when you're performing it so there's it's during a front raise there's tension at the top of the exercise and not in the stretch position whereas when you're doing pressing you've got tension in that stretch position and not at the top as much so that potentially makes a makes doing press movements a superior exercise for your front delt as well because we build muscle best in the middle and stretch position of a muscle length so yeah it's basically the same just think about doing a front raise but instead of doing a front raise you are lying down it's basically the same but your arms bent while you're performing the movement but that doesn't change anything it'll mean you'll work your triceps but you'll still work your front delt although your arms bent because your arm your front delt doesn't bend your arm your front delt has nothing to do with what your lower part of your arm's doing, if that makes sense. So I hope I did explain that well. Basically, it's the same motion our upper arm's going through when we're doing a front delt raise and a pressing movement, like a close grip swim press. Uh, we will work them a touch less when we're like doing more like a chest-focused pressing, but we'll still work them an awful lot uh, like doing the movement. So, yeah. Basically, that's how I like to train my front delts. Just basically do pressing movements, get stronger at them, and you will grow your front delts as a byproduct of it. So, next up, training your side delts. So, your side delts are just basically the side of your shoulder, which is done during things like lateral raises. It can be also done during upright rows. And I don't think upright rows are the best movement to really train your your biceps. Sorry. I don't think they're the best movement to train your side delts because you get unnecessary bicep involvement. You are in a internally rotated, meaning your shoulder rolls forward at the bottom, which can put you in a bit of a vulnerable and uncomfortable position. And at the top, you get a lot of bend or flexion in your wrist. You put a lot of stress on your wrist joint unnecessarily. Uh, so when we're doing lateral raises, that, well, that first of all, that's why I think they're a better option. You will bias your side delt a bit better you'll get less bicep involvement and put less stress on your wrist joint and when we are doing like side delt raises or lateral raises you want to keep your palm down if you lift your palm up usually it encourages the front delt to do the work uh, due to just biasing it a bit bit more uh, so we want to keep our palms down or slight internal rotation it's called you basically want to twist your arm so your palms facing down and maybe even backwards slightly so think pouring a jug of water while you're performing the movement. See if you had your hand out to your side, like uh, not in front of you, but to your side and straight out. And then think if you had a jug of water in your hand or a bottle and you were pouring it or pouring water out of glass, you'd twist your arm to get your thumb to face close to the ground. We basically want to be in that position. So slightly internally rotated. And you want to focus on driving out and also forward slightly because this puts you in the sagittal plane, which is called, instead of the frontal plane. Uh, basically, what that means is it puts you in a position where you're going to be a bit more comfortable at the shoulder, because when we drive straight out to the side and not in front of us slightly, basically our shoulder joint squishes against a, like a, another, like our, a bone squishes against a bone, we get slight impinge, impingement. Uh, you can even try it yourself, face your palm down, uh, and at your side and then keep it in line with your shoulder or maybe a bit behind you keep your palm down 
and lift it up. You can't get that high, and it also feels quite uncomfortable at the top. Now, instead of having it right out to your side, put your palm in front of your shoulder a touch, and still keep your palm facing down, you can then lift it even further up. If you're watching on the YouTube, you'll see what I mean. Uh, but yeah, basically want to be driving out and also up slightly. We don't want our hand right in line with our body, in line with our shoulder or our hip, if that makes sense. And when I'm training my side delts, what I like to use is things like dumbbells, cables and machines. Uh, with dumbbells, they won't have as much tension in the bottom, whereas cables and machines, they'll have more tension in the bottom portion of the movement and more consistent tension throughout the whole exercise, depending on how you set it up and perform it. Perform it, sorry. Uh, and with your side delts, I like to absolutely batter them, doing drop sets, partials, uh, and also like iso holds at the bottom. Basically tons of high-intensity techniques, which I just made a podcast on, so give it a watch or a listen if you like. Uh, but yeah, basically I like to batter them, give them plenty of work. And the reason why is because they can recover from it. Have you ever woke up the day after training your side delts and thought, oh, my side delts are battered, they're really sore, I've got doms in them, or they're not recovering, I'm going to have to do less volume for them. You've never really thought that. Uh, so we, we want to obviously prioritise getting stronger at the movements over time as well, but after doing so, fire some high-intensity techniques in there, do some drop sets, partials. And in terms of uh, side delts, I like to do it, Sometimes at the start of the session, it gets the shoulder nice and warm and doesn't really take away from your pressing movements. And uh, sometimes I'll do, I'll do two exercises in a push day, uh, depending on what the session's set up as. Or if you're on an upper-lower split, usually it's just the one exercise. Uh, and if you're doing, let's say, a, let's say a full-body split, then I might not even have a side delt movement in there because I'll be doing a shoulder press and you'll get more bang for your buck doing the bigger movements in like a session where you're training full-body. Or if I, if I will, it will just be the one movement. As for training the rear delt, it's not something I often even program for beginners at times, depending on what split they're on. For example, like a full body, I won't. An upper lower split, I might, depending on what their split looks like, their preferences, and uh, a few other factors. And with your rear delts, you will train them during rowing movements. So when you are doing things like a just like a, like a seated row, uh, especially when your arms are flared, you will be targeting more of your rear delts. And usually, if I am going to train them, it will be, like if I'm going to isolate them, sorry, as well as doing them during like rowing movements, I'll be doing that at the end of the pool. I'll train them. And usually I'll do a rear delt fly. And the reason being is you can do a rear delt row. So a row trying to target them. But most people, if you're trying to isolate or bias your rear delts during a row, they will struggle to do so, uh, just because it's not the easiest movement to do if you've not got a lot of skill as a beginner, especially because your rear delts probably aren't that developed as a beginner, so you'll probably to you'll probably struggle to target them even more because they're not that developed. As, because if they're not developed, it's going to be hard to contract them. It's harder to contract a small and undeveloped muscle. Uh, but... Yeah, so you can train them with a rear delt fly or also a row with your elbows flared around 45 degrees. And when you're training your rear delts, you don't want a excessive amount of movement of your shoulder blade or your scapula, which is the other word for shoulder blade, the proper term for it. And the reason being is what is responsible for moving your shoulder blade or your scapula isn't your rear delt, it's the rest of your musculature in your upper back. So if you're 
scapula's moving a ton, your upper back's going to be moving a lot, or it's going to be, sorry, contributing a lot to the movement. So when you are doing a rear delt fly, what I'd recommend is stop around night, stop when your arm's like in line with your torso. Basically focus on driving out because that's what the rear delt's role is. That's what the rear delt's job is. Driving like out, not driving back. So drive out when you're performing it. And then when you can no longer drive out or when you focus on driving out as much as possible and then you can't go further back because you're just focusing on driving out, stop there. Because if you focus on driving out and then to get more range of motion, you focus on driving back, you're just going to incorporate more muscle groups during the movement. So more range of motion is not always better when you're training your rear delts. Uh, same with any other muscle group, really. More range of motion might be detrimental because it might mean you're going to bias more muscle groups and involve more muscle groups during the movement. And yeah, so a rear delt roll is definitely not needed as a beginner uh, and you shouldn't have any excessive movement of the shoulder. The reason it's not needed for beginners, it's such a small muscle group, you probably benefit more from just getting strong compound exercises for the most part. In terms of what this all looks like in practice, in terms of training your front delt, side delt, and also your rear delt. So your side delt, you want to perform, or you you can perform. Obviously, you can do upright rows, that sort of thing, but lateral raise variations. I like to do it at the start of push or the start of upper body. It gets the shoulder joint nice and warm. doesn't take away from the rest of your movements or fatigue a ton, uh, and there's no there's no... There's not a lot of downsides for it, to be honest. Uh, so I usually like to do two to three sets for myself or for programming for beginners uh, or my clients. And the reason why like two to three sets is like any more, it's just like doing junk volume. You're doing unnecessary amounts, especially if you've got high intensity techniques in there, which I usually do. And I don't like to do like one set, for example, because that is a bit too little. Like you can get away with doing a lot more because you can recover from it. Uh, and I don't see the need of doing very little because they can your side delts if they are really developed they make a big difference to your physique so it's good to give them appropriate amount of work just like you would any other muscle group and like I said I usually do high intensity techniques in there and some examples of exercises you could do is a dumbbell lateral raise a machine lateral raise a single arm cable lateral raise or a dual arm cable lateral raise, you could do a lying cuffed lateral raise, a standing cuffed lateral raise, uh, or like I said, you can do like a rope or a barbell upright row, an easy bar upright row, but I'm not really a fan of them and don't really program them myself. In terms of front delt work, what that looks like in practice is just pressing movements. Uh, and I, I, I never really focus on right targeting my front delts, if that makes sense, or setting up a movement to target them. Uh, but if you want to, then you would most likely want to have like a pressing movement where your arms are slightly tucked in front of your body uh, during, let's say, like a shoulder press, that sort of thing. So maybe a neutral grip. Uh, but usually, like if you just perform pressing movements in different inclines and different positions, you're going to be using them effectively anyway. So I wouldn't stress a ton about it. And then if, let's say, they do become a weakness which I highly doubt, then you can focus on, right, what can I do to target my front delts more? But uh, I've yet to have someone ask me or tell me their front delts are weak. I'm yet to see it on an individual. So, yeah, until then, just don't really worry about it, to be fair. In terms of rear delt work, what that usually looks like is a rear delt fly, two to three sets at the end of my pool session or at the end of an upper body session if you train upper body 
or if you're on an upper lower split, I'd do it at the end of one of your upper body days. Or if you're doing, let's say, a push-pull legs, then at the end of pull, or near the end of pull. And then two sets or three sets, as well as a drop set, or two, I do two drop sets myself, because they can also recover from it. Like your delts are, like I said, a muscle group that can recover pretty easily from doing movements, just like your arms are as well. And uh, rows will cover the rest of the, the work for your rear, rear delts, so you don't have to do a ton of work for them either. And like I said, if you're in a full body split, you don't really need to isolate your rear delts. I wouldn't worry about it at all. You'll get more bang for your buck doing deadlifts, row variations, bent over, and also like machine rows and lap pull downs, that sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, hope this episode was valuable. So yeah, quick recap. You've got three parts of your delt. You've got the front delt, or in other words, you've got the anterior delt. You've got the medial delt, which is, in other words, the side delt. You've got the posterior delt, in other words, your rear delt. Your anterior delt helps move your arm from your side to in front of your body. Your side delt basically moves your arm from your side to the side of your body. And if you want to train your rear delt, you basically want to lift your arm up, like at the front of a front delt raise or front raise, and then basically drive your hand out to the side when you're performing it. And you want to have your yourself roundabout shoulder, you want a handle or a cable machine roundabout shoulder height when you're doing so for the rear delt. And uh, a full range of motion for each will basically look like for your anterior delt at the bottom of a press to the top of a press. For your side delt will look like in line with your body, basically doing a lateral raise in line with your body to out with your arm up at the like about shoulder height you can get a bit shorter by going even higher but i wouldn't worry about doing so because you'll involve a lot of trap and the tension will drop off in terms of doing your rear delt a full range of motion will look like your arm in front of a body like at the front of a front delt raise or front raise and then your arm at the side of your body like the top of a lateral raise so yeah hope you enjoyed the episode Uh, i think that's everything i need to cover really and uh, any questions or topics you'd like to see them please just ask if you enjoyed this and please subscribe like leave a rating and review i greatly appreciate everyone's support both on youtube spotify and apple uh, i'm really really happy for the podcast is going and uh, i'm excited to be bringing out more content i've got uh, a few good topics that i'm excited to cover uh, in store for you but like i said thank you very much for listening and hope everyone has a great day week month whenever you listen to this hope you're all doing well anyway